Jen, where are you? Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast, starring your host, the man of the hour, the Tower of Power, it's Joe Shortridge, and me, Jen. Jen's back. Even though I sound like Joe, <laughs> I still haven't got my voice completely Jen back. Jen has teleported back into the studio. I think I've been teleported <laughs> to become Barry White, because <laughs> Nas voice can see. No, um, still mending, but we're we're on the road to recovery, because Joe and I have... 30 days until we're teleported to paradise. Yes. We're going to the beach. <laughs> but anyways, Joe, Son of a beach. Son we're of going a beach. To the- um, Joe, have you ever felt like you had been at one place and then all of a sudden you're just somewhere else? I've had, like I mentioned on last week's show, I mentioned about a, I think I had a time slip because I was coming back from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I went down there to see Miranda at an event she was doing at a Harley dealership and driving back, I swear to whatever Mm -hmm. that it only took me two hours to get back. And it's a three hour drive. Maybe just glossed in the music, you know, like jamming No, because I left at a certain time (laughs) and when I got home, I looked at the clock and I'm like, wait a minute. So I don't know. Maybe you had a time slip. Time slip, I think so. But it's weird that you, you would get here faster. Usually time slips, you get here, they lose time. Oh, interesting concept. I can't lose any more time because that's the least amount of thing thing I have in my life <laughs> is time. I know. You know, it's like we're so busy. I've been really cracking down on my YouTube watching. And it's so hard. Yeah. It's but so hard. Today... Now that Jen's back, we're going to make a smaller or Guess a shorter show so Jen doesn't have to talk as much. Shorty's but. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, human teleportation. I know we mentioned it years ago, probably yes. six years ago. Mm-hmm. But last week's show, I did a talk about, you know, time slips and, and time travel. And it kind of made me think, you know, the teleportation thing. And, you know, the most common one that we've always always known is Star Trek, one of mm-hmm. my favorite shows. Right. And they've always teleported places. They and mm-hmm. Now, the original show that with Kirk and all them, they mm-hmm. had the teleporter. But the shows that came after that, which were supposed to be when they were kids, it did show that they used to not have that technology. And they actually had to take ships down to wherever they were going. Hmm. But I guess I'm not that big of a Star Trek fan <laughs> that I would know this. But the um, Star Wars, the idea Star Trek. of human teleportation is one that people think about so much, but you got to think about the logistics of it. Mm-hmm. Now, it is a proven thing. Scientists have proven that they had quantum teleportation where they actually teleported an atom or a quark or something mm-hmm. quantumly. And when you talk about quantum physics, you're talking about pure energy. So they basically did what we do every day on our phones and that. <laughs> Send information from one place to yeah. another, but how how physically is this possible? Like it's really not. But isn't there new things? Didn't you just talk about on 
the land on your YouTube show about a, a kid who had created something like this? Last week's show, I talked about John Teeter. He made a time machine, mm-hmm. but it did teleport things. You know, when he built this machine, he would throw something into the um, the the waviness that he saw above the machine, and it disappeared and then reappeared at the other end of his building. So I guess that is teleportation. Yeah, so it's like, does the molecules like just vibrate on such a high frequency that you're able to move through time and space so rapidly that, why am I all of a sudden very smart? Yeah. Dude, I was actually making sense for a minute. Oh my gosh. But... (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> there she goes, folks. Oh lordy. But um send me a cough drop. Okay, everybody. let's let's talk about like Star Trek. Their idea of teleportation is they put them in the machine, it takes the body apart, atom by atom, sends it to wherever, mm-hmm. and then reassembles them, whether it's their body or whether it's the equipment they have, it reassembles them perfectly. But what if you got reassembled wrongly and like yeah. your arm came out the back middle of your back or something? I know. You're like, or like oh, that, what's snap. that show? The fly. He went into a yeah. a time machine and there was a fly in there, so they got mixed together and he became the fly. Dun, dun, I want to be mixed with a bunny rabbit. I mean, think about this. I have cute ears and a tail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say you're a 154 pound person. Okay. Let's say I'm 154 pounds. Girl, I haven't seen 54 pounds in (laughs) 20 years. (laughs) A human body that is 154 pounds has 7 billion, Mm -hmm. billion, billion atoms in it. Wow. Okay. So if you teleport something, you would have to teleport those at the speed of light or faster. Mm -hmm. And we found out that with Einstein's relativity and everything, Mm -hmm. that... Anything with mass cannot move at light speed. Mm-hmm. An atom has mass, even though it may be tiny, tiny, tiny thing. Nano, nano, nano. Yeah. Atom. It still has mass. Mm-hmm. It has weight. And uh, 154 pounds going through sp- space, mm-hmm. atom by atom. You would just liquefy, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's, and it's so many. That's kind of like a microwave, though. You know, you... You jar the atoms mm-hmm. so much that you cause heat and friction. I, you know, they have to. You'd have to perfect this without heat. Yeah. In order for it to. Because I'm already right. hot. Oh snap! My brother's <laughs> single, ladies. You better jump on that. He's single, ready to mingle, and I will teleport myself right I'm in here. I'm single, and I'm eating Pringles, and that's uh. my story. I'm sticking <laughs> to it. No, but I, what's interesting is that there's been so many cases of people who have had this happen to them, but they're still physically okay, mm-hmm. right? So they've been somewhere, and just weeks later, wake up or 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 instantaneously, uh, yeah, and. They're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, how does one get from point A mm-hmm. to 14 miles away with no shoes on and looking like you've been walking through the Sahara Desert for six weeks? Yeah. You know, I just, I just is there something else in play that happens? I think that it has something to do with time. 
Um, I when you said that, it just reminded me of the story of a missing four one one story. Oh yeah, where you know this is sort of like that, where people disappear and then all of a sudden they reappear, but they're passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, good example is what you reminded me of is a story of a person that disappeared, and the searchers came out and searched and searched and they couldn't find them, and this is for hours, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden. He reappeared on a path that they, the searchers would have walked down many times and they found his body dead, obviously, but he had no shoes on and his feet looks like he was walking on coral for months. <gasps> the feet were so wore down that it was basically wore down to the bone. Oh. But technically, he was only being gone for a few hours. So. Did he teleport somewhere and spend months or whatever wandering mm-hmm. and just kept hurting himself more and more, oh. you know, barefoot, mm-hmm. and then shows up on where they search? That's so interesting. Now, don't we have a story about a skier? Yeah. There okay. was a um, 49-year-old skier named Danny Philippides, Philippides mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Toronto. He was skiing in Whitefish Mountain or Whiteface Mountain, mm-hmm. which is in Wilmington, New York, on February seventh. Uh, does don't remember the date, you know, mm-hmm. but he was skiing and he told his partners and people that are there with him that he was going to go down one more time. Okay, you know, it's always the story. I'm going to yeah. do this one more time. Right, <laughs> hold my beer. You know, <laughs> let's send it. <laughs> Gonna send it. I've done that many times. Oh, oh my man. Gosh. But he went up to the top of the mountain and did one more run and disappeared. And when I say disappeared, I mean literally just all of a sudden he was, they saw him skiing and he just vanished. <gasps> so in their minds, he either wrecked and fell down where they couldn't see him or that they got a hold of the search parties. And they went up and, you know, the ski patrol went up and looked for him. They couldn't find him anywhere. Now, there was a search with rescuers, the ski patrol, the helicopters, up to 140 people (gasps) spent six days searching for him. And, you know, all around the Whiteface vicinity, Mm -hmm. they assumed that he was skiing and fell into what they call a tree well. What's that? Well, what happens is... I guess on the mountains where there's a lot of snow, the wind blows, but the trees divert the wind mm-hmm. to where the snow doesn't accumulate at the at, around the tree. So as you're skiing and you you may fall into one of these wells oh. and go underneath. And that's why a lot of times, too, when these ski patrols look for people, they'll either use these long rods and poke the snow. Really? You know, hoping Ooh. to poke something. Oh, no. Or they use dowsing rods. We talked about that right? before. Right, yeah, yeah. But he was nowhere to be found. They couldn't find him. They knew exactly where he disappeared. Mm-hmm. But 100 and, what did I say, 140? Yeah, searchers couldn't find him. That's crazy. Um, so a week goes by, and one of his relatives gets a phone call, and it's him. He says that he found a cell phone. And called them and like, well, wait a minute, where are you? He's like, I'm in the Sacramento airport. That's in California. Yeah. That's the exact opposite side of the country. Exactly. What? 
he even was still wearing his clothes that he had on, his helmet, and his ski goggles. Like, all of a sudden, he just appeared there, but it was a few, like a week later. He doesn't remember much. He says that he remembers uh, big rig trucks and sleeping a lot. Okay. He has no idea what day it was, only remembering being dropped off near a McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And... The weird thing is also he had a credit card and a thousand dollars in cash on him. What? And he just reappeared. He said he just reappeared <gasps> at a McDonald's and then made his way over to the Sacramento Sacramento, I can't mm-hmm. say that airport where he found a phone where he could call. That's insane. So do you think if somebody has this type of thing happen to him? Shouldn't they do some kind of like hypnotherapy or something? I would imagine so. And, you know, especially a case like his where he doesn't remember much, but he remembers little things like riding in big rig trucks and that. Um, But the thing is, okay, let's look at this logically. Mm -hmm. He was skiing down the mountain. He disappeared. Nobody could find him. Okay. How is it that he got off the mountain, traveled across country in a week? Mm Mm-hmm. And then the same still clothes. wearing the same clothes. Um, they did the research and found that he never rented a car. Mm-hmm. He never got bus passes, airplane tickets, nothing like that. He just peered at the other side of the country. Uh, unless he was traveling on top of a semi-truck. <laughs> like, somebody would notice, okay, here's a weird guy, on just first saying, on mm-hmm. the side of the road, hitchhiking in a ski outfit, yeah. somebody would have to say something. Unless and maybe his... there's some unwritten code in the trucking world <laughs> where you pick up people and you just don't, you don't ever tell. mention it again. I'm sure that happens. Well, I'm sure. But, uh, I don't want to know. His friends were watching him ski and he and visually he just disappeared. <laughs> It's got to be some kind of abduction type thing. Mm-hmm. Like it has to, maybe he fell into a portal or something. That's what they think happened. That's where this tele- human teleportation thing goes is they mm-hmm. feel that people are walking into these portals and either portals or wormholes on earth that are taking them to different locations. I mean, I remember a professor in England in 1970, mm-hmm. he walked out to his car and sat down and felt really dizzy. Mm-hmm. The next thing he knows, in a blink of an eye, he is a thousand miles away stumbling around. And they found his car back at the university still running. Okay. Wow. He, they, you know, he's a thousand miles away. And all of a sudden these people go up to his car. It's still running, but he he's a thousand miles away. It has to be some kind of abduction case mm-hmm. type thing. It has to be because there's no way. But why wouldn't they, if they abducted you from a certain place, just mm-hmm. put you right back where? That's what I don't get. Maybe why? they don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've you've heard stories of abductees that wake up in the wrong clothing. Mm-hmm. They wake up with clothing on backwards. So how do they know that maybe if they are being abducted, the aliens don't know how to dress us? Yeah. Or they don't even know whose clothes matches what. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, it's interesting because there was wasn't there another story we recall about a, a skier, and this was in Lake Michigan, um, nineteen seventy eight in February. There was a student named Stephen Kabeki or Kabuki or something, Kibachi. something like that, yeah. and he was on a solo cross country skiing trip. Now he's an avid outdoorsman. And he had been across country skiing um, over Lake Michigan many, many times. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't unusual. But what is, is the rest of his story. Now, on February 21st, which is a day before yeah. 222, um, snowmobilers had found a set of abandoned um, cross country skis and a backpack next to a 200 yard trail of footprints that led to the edge of a frozen lake. But there was no returning trail. And they were afraid that he maybe somehow fallen through the thick ice. Um, and, uh, you know, people started getting very desperate about that. And they investigated and launched a, you know, search party. They couldn't find a single trace about him. So 18 or 15 months later, he woke up. Okay. And so he wakes up and he's lying in a field, but he's in clothes that he didn't recognize with a bag full of maps and signs. And he didn't remember. Now, he slowly makes his way um, to his father's house where, amazingly, um, he's reunited with his family and seems to be totally unharmed. He had woken up in Pittsfield, which is a thousand you know kilometers away from where he originally disappeared. Now he hadn't been flagged traveling on any public transport like that other mm-hmm. case. No bus passes. No, um, you know, plane tickets. But how he ended up is like a complete mystery. He had no memory of the missing fifteen months. And then he retreated from public life, refusing to speak about the incident. And he never um, wanted to talk about it again. Yeah. Which is very interesting. So my question is, you disappear for 15 months, you um, reappear. We've heard this story many times. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, do they declare you legally dead in that time? There has been cases like that. You know, like... People grow show up, and it's like, what in the world? It's amazing to me. Do these people have amnesia? You know, where they clearly had to be kept alive somehow. You have to have sustenance, food, water, yeah. um, medical attention. Well, I've thought about that. You know, with people that have lost time, like he has, but he's mm. you're talking months, right? Here. A year and a half. Yeah, you know, people that. I've heard so many stories of people that say, well, I was driving along and all of a sudden it was two hours later and I don't know how I got here. That kind of makes me think, okay, it could either be an abduction. Or a stroke. Or it could <laughs> right, be a medical Dad. thing where all of a sudden you don't remember the last three hours and you're like, well, wait a minute, how did I get here? But those cases can be proven to where other people saw things happen yeah you know in cases like his there was no and the other one there was no cases of where there was no air travel there's no train no you know he never rented a car anything like that yeah Uh, yeah. i mean and if you had been walking for thousands of miles you know your body would show that 
You know, mm-hmm. your knees will be creaky and you're, you know, it has to be some kind of a abduction type thing. So I wonder too, what is, you know, it, I don't know how you would approach this or, or research it, but is there a high suicide rate for people who have claimed, and they, maybe they're not talking about it at all, so we yeah, wouldn't even know, know, but, you know, that can't deal with what they think happened to them in missing time and, and being in one space and another and cannot put, um, oh, what's the word I want for it? Reconcile that okay. in your own mind. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it's great that we're doing shows like this so we can tell people it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. And it's safe space, you mm-hmm. know. Go to somebody you know that you trust or maybe go see a therapist or come to a convention. Right. That happens to <laughs> us a lot, though, Joe. We have people coming up all the time and they're like, I never told anybody this, but, you know, I saw this ghost or I saw Bigfoot or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had an alien visit me. We have to keep an open mind because it's very, very possible these things are happening. We just don't know. Or people are suppressing it. Yeah. You know, um, wasn't there another situation? There's a bunch of them. Um, there was a man in Argentina. He was driving his car and the car started acting up. So he stopped. And when he got out of the car, he was hit by some unseen force that knocked him to the ground. Mm-hmm. When he stood up, everything around him was different. Turns out he was up. He was 1,500 miles away. Confused and disoriented mm-hmm. when he told someone the officials went to his car. And this is the same thing as the other one. They went back to his car where he said it was mm-hmm. and they found it was still running on the side of the I road. I wonder if maybe these people pass away and something tells them it's not their time and they just transplant them back wherever they came from. It could be. You know, because we've had people tell us stories and we, you know, you've you listeners have all heard stories where people pass away and something tells them it's not your time Mm -hmm. and you have to go back. Yeah. Maybe, you know, something gets crossed in the wires and they end up, you know, in the jungle when they're from (laughs) Antarctica. I don't know. It's scary. Yeah. This is another interesting story, but this is more of not a human recalling it, Mm -hmm. but a body. Yeah. Okay. So um, there was a 61-year-old man who had been found in the ceiling of a hospital in Stalinbach. Um, and I think that is in Africa. Okay. Um, so he went in for surgery in the Western Cape Health Department, had confirmed, he, yes, he did go in for the surgery. And according to the um, uh, provincial health department spokesperson, the man was admitted to the hospital in Cape Town on October 5th to go undergo abdominal surgery. However, he disappeared after a nurse who had been attending to him left to, you know, get some supplies or linens or whatever mm-hmm. they needed for the surgery. So they sent out a search party and the South African police services were involved and they were even unable to find them. So he, the lady went in to change his linens went back out of the room and came back and he was gone correct okay yeah he just disappeared out of bed now sadly they found his body 
and it was discovered 13 days later in an isolated area, but up in the ceiling, which was super difficult to reach. <laughs> um, there was currently construction work being carried out at the hospital. And that was part of the difficulty in getting the search because they were, you know, reconstructing it. But it, no, ha, nobody can explain how he got into where he was at, being the size that he was, mm-hmm. in the pain that he was. And there's just no explanation for it. He was there one second, the nurse comes back, he's gone. They find him 13 days later. In a part of a ceiling that he can't get it to. Listen, South Africa's hot, right? Yeah. And it's 13 days. A body would be completely stinky and decomposed and maggots would be eating your <laughs> butt cheeks. I mean, but he was fully intact. Yeah. Like he just got there. How do you explain that? Yeah. It's so weird. I think he was abducted. Think so? Yeah. And then they probed his <laughs> inner parts. Inner parts <laughs> probing. So... We had another weird case. So, but this one is fairly recent. I guess maybe, maybe not. I, I, you know, it's 2024, right? Yeah. 20, Time flies. 2006. 18 years ago. Holy crap. Time goes fast. Um, it was just a typical day for the grocery store owner. His name was Joe in um, Mekeesport, Pennsylvania. Now, this regular customer comes in. Her name was Nikki Allen. And there was a man who the store owner assumed was her father walked in with her in the store. So the woman was shaking and um, out of earshot of the man she walked in with, she confided in the store owner and she says to the owner, Joe, I'm Tanya Cash. And he said, this woman's standing in front of him and he's like, wait a minute. So the disappearance of Tandy Cash was a um, really haunting story that, you know, rocked a small town for more than 10 years. In 1996, at the age of 14, the young girl vanished into thin air after leaving her father's house for school. There was an extensive investigation and no signs of her were found for, what what I say, 10 years? Yeah. Um. They thought all oh, hope was lost and this little girl's gone forever. But what's really odd is this Tanya revealed that she had been groomed by her um, then school security guard. And the man who accompanied her into the grocery store um, was the same guy. So she had been held captive by this monster in his home. And it was only two miles away um, from the father's house the whole time. So the first four years, she wasn't allowed to leave the house. It was like a prison room. Um, he forced her um, to use a small bucket for the toilet. And when she was eventually let outside, he um, uh, like changed her name, changed her hair, threatened her if she ever, you know, was to talk to anybody or let anybody know. And um you know it was the strangest part is that this man lived with his elderly parents and an adult son who um knew about her captivity but never said anything to the authorities so sad now she became brainwashed 
and was fed, um, you know, lies and stories and threats about, um, if she ever, uh, revealed her true identity, you know, she was to escape. But the strange thing is the, um, man was arrested, charged, and eventually imprisoned while, um, Tanya was reunited with her family only a few blocks away. Hmm. That's so interesting because that might be something too, but you know, this is a case where she was abducted by human, by human and forced to live. And we just heard that story about those girls in Cleveland, I think mm-hmm. where the neighbors next door didn't even know anything was going on. And this all of a sudden this girl comes running out of the house yeah. and she says that her and her sisters were abducted and had been living in that house for years. So this is a little different than what we've been talking before, but this could be something where this girl was abducted Mm -hmm. and she was brainwashed. Well, maybe the human mind does suppress things. Maybe it was suppressed to where all of a sudden you would wake up and you're in a different location. You're like, I don't remember anything. Well, you know, the brain will definitely um, protect you Mm -hmm. from you know, strange things, but interesting two miles. She was two miles away the whole time. Yeah. Can you imagine what that family went through? Oh my gosh. And then for her to just show up 10 years later, I'm like, and, I'm back. And I'm sure that the guy that abducted her helped in the search for her. Cause that oh. happens all the time. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Like people burn out down houses and then they stand there like, Oh, what happened? There's a house fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's why if you notice people, videotape crime scenes and they videotape the crowds because many times yeah you return to the scene yep. of the crime mm-hmm. um one other interesting story was there was a little boy eating dinner with his parents in his apartment and he was told to go outside and get something okay his family members noticed that he was struggling with the door a family member helped with no trouble. So in other words, the door, he couldn't move the door, even though he's gone in and out of that door many times. Mm-hmm. The So the family member was struggling or came over to help him get the door open. Uh-huh. He opened the door and noticed that the boy wasn't there. Oh. It's like he looked down and the boy was not there to walk outside. He never went through the door, but no one could find the boy in the apartment because you got to remember, an apartment has one way in and one way out. Yeah. So as the family member was trying to open the door, the kid never walked out. So he had to be in the apartment. But they didn't see him go back in the apartment. Just then, the phone rang. And it was the boy crying. He was calling from two miles away at a taxi stand. Only two minutes had passed. But the boy was two miles away. They went to this taxi stand, found him there, Mm -hmm. and they said that he was dizzy and disoriented. So they walked up the door. The kid was trying to open the door. He couldn't get it open. The family member walked up two seconds later or whatever, Mm -hmm. opened the door, looked down, he's gone, and he ended up two minutes later being two miles away. Yeah, I mean... Even the fastest runner on earth is not going to be able to get two miles in two minutes. Especially when they didn't even see him leave. So bizarre. 
It's got to be aliens. 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 Coming to probe you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like I say, it is a portal that we're walking into because in the paranormal, we talk about portals all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about Bigfoots and all that, how they just appear. Yeah. It's so common. And then you had mentioned, too, that many times when there is Bigfoot activity, there's alien activity. So are they there to open the portals? Or the aliens dropping off the Bigfoots because they don't want them to go in the house. So they let their animals out. (laughs) Yeah, do their duty on (laughs) Earth. Yeah. But you know that's that's just a really fascinating thing is to think that how how do you explain that like that one video do and it's this a famous video and I don't even know if it's real or not but it's basically guy stopped at the light and this truck's coming through and this white being of light that kind of looks like it has wings on it snatches them and sets them somewhere else in a nanosecond. Yeah, but that was actually proven to be a um. Film made by some uh, students. Ah, boo! Yeah, that that was fake. Damn. That was um that was actually proven that it was a to um film st- film school mm-hmm. students that made that. It's sort of like you know, last week I talked about time travel. There's a famous one out there where a guy says that he was fixing his sink under his ho- under his or fixing it, his house under the sink mm-hmm. and fell into a portal. And to prove that he went back or went forward in time, he met up with himself and they prove it because they show the tattoos match. (laughs) That turns out that that was actually a commercial for retirement in the Netherlands. Oh, my goodness. So you can't you can't believe everything you see on the Internet. Yeah. (laughs) But we want to because Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating, like this whole, you know, these recent viewings or or showing not showing what's the word i want um sightings sightings thank you i have brain fart of um you know these strange creatures showing up in strange places like populous yeah you know like not just out in the forest Mm -hmm. somewhere i mean that goes same with any of the cryptids we talk about and all that it's like all of a sudden a dog man will show up but a dogman is just not going to appear. They have to have parents. They have to have a place to live. They have to have a place to sleep. They have, you know, what do they eat? All that stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's But if it is a portal thing where they're blinking into our re- reality from their own, yeah, there may be a whole bunch of them living and then all of a sudden one runs into the portal or mm-hmm. bumps the universe and pops into ours. You know, we don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's, you know, and we talk about fog, you know, that's if you see oh, all of a sudden you yeah. see fog. It reminds me of the story of a pilot named Bruce Gurner. He was flying from Ambrose Island to uh, Palm Beach. Uh-huh. About 10 minutes into his flight, he flew into a bad storm. And, you know, we, we talk about storms and mm-hmm. same thing with uh, missing 411. All of a sudden the weather gets bad or, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Instantly. Um, he was trying to avoid it, but he turned and when he did, he found himself in a tunnel, like a portal. Oh, okay. Okay. He felt like he was being pulled forward for 10 seconds, 
when he came out of it, he realized that he was above Miami. Air traffic controllers from Miami actually contacted him and said that Miami Beach means that he traveled 100 miles in three minutes. There's no way. His Cessna plane would have had to travel 1900 and, or 1,918 miles an hour, but a Cessna top speed is 200. <laughs> it's physically impossible. Yeah. But yet it happened. But yet it happened. <clears throat> he flew into what he called a vortex or a tunnel. Same thing with the Bermuda Triangle. We've heard of that many times where the pilots all of a sudden are yeah. involved in, they're in like a, like a, what they call a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Some have even said that their plane spins around, but when they come out, they're in a completely different location like him. We've had lots of stories like that Mm -hmm. on the show. You guys can go back and listen to all our old episodes again. Start from the beginning. There's only eight years worth. (laughs) (laughs) A couple hundred episodes. Yeah. Starting to lose my voice here, Joey. All right. Well, we can wrap it up here in a little bit. We're at 40 minutes. Okay. Perfect. But- yeah, these stories are so interesting, and it's very fascinating. It's just, you know, time slips. I yeah, like I said on last week's show, I love time slips. I love the thought of time slips. We've talked to people that have, you know, time slip. Time keeps on slipping, yeah. slipping. But it's usually <laughs> it's usually where they lose time, not where they gain time. Like right. with me driving from Cincinnati to here, mm-hmm. I know it's a three hour drive, but yet. When I left, two hours later, I came here. So I don't know. Hmm. Don't know. Maybe maybe I just thought that I left there. Maybe the clock on the wall at the Harley dealership was an hour late. I don't know, but yeah, it's just weird. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody has had one of these experiences, please reach out to us. Just send us a private message and love to have you on the show and we can talk about it. I would love to talk about it. If you do see us out at any events, stop by the booth and say. Yeah, tell us your story. I've got a story. You can I've, stay anonymous. We'll use your name as the code name. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> there you go. I love that. <laughs> yeah, another side note, I never knew that wasn't really Burt Reynolds. What? On the Saturday Night Live thing. I always thought it was real Burt Reynolds, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was Norm MacDonald. <laughs> oh, my God. Joe just had another time slip. <laughs> no. Classic. Classic yeah. SNL. But anyways, you guys, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you guys being here and spending part of your day with us. But as we always ask you to like and subscribe wherever you're listening. If you feel so led to do, leave us a positive rating review. It really helps us out with the algorithms since they've changed them. And, you know, don't forget about our Patreon. We yep. have a new Patreon. Um, if you guys, you know, feel so led to want to join our team and be a monthly subscriber, we have some extra bonus things for the you know, our, our wonderful listeners who maybe want to support the show in different ways. So there are different levels and you can check that out. Just go to our Patreon. It's um, just type in 222paranormal.com. And yeah, because we're struggling here. 
Yes. <laughs> I always watch this video of this guy. He says, hit like and subscribe because I'm struggling here. <laughs> no. no, we just, you know, we want to uh, be able to share the show with as many listeners as possible. And, you know, if you have friends who listen to podcasts and they're looking for something new to listen to on a road trip, we have 400 episodes they could dive into. That's a long road trip. Yeah. And hopefully it's not a that big of a time slip where you all of a sudden appear at your location. Yeah, for sure. But no, guys, we really appreciate you guys being with us. And check out next week's episode. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. I'm starting to sound like Barry White again. So, guys, if you are in Fort Wayne, Indiana on the 19th, the 20th, don't forget there is an event at the Bell Mansion. It's called 28 Days Haunted. Um, the cast is taking on the Bell Mansion. So if you love that show, come out, meet all the cast members. Come see the 222 Paranormal Podcast. We are one of the selected vendors to be there. If you have not heard of the Bell Mansion, please Google it. It is extremely haunted. Joe and I did a show um, from there. You guys can go back and listen to our episode. But it is one of the coolest. Yeah. Um, like neat haunted we've experienced it ourselves places so definitely check that out come out to the event if you can get tickets get tickets online um, I know there's something going on Friday night I think that is a ghost hunt and then on Saturday is the um, one day convention so please come out and, and come see us come see us on Saturday come on out yeah. it's not that expensive you'll be able to make a day of it Mingle with us. Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is a very interesting and cool town. It Joe is and cool. I have um, really discovered this this place and lots of spooky stuff to check out. But if you need directions, it is at 420 West Wayne Street, Fort Wayne, Indiana. It is called the Bell Mansion. This place is going to blow your mind. It used to be a funeral home. Yeah. For 95 years. 95 years. <laughs> so you it can might be haunted. When you might go, be haunted. When you go upstairs... In the embalming room, across the hall from the embalming room is the room that we recorded the interview in. Look on the door jam. I'm just going to tell you that. See what you see. We'll leave it there. All right. right. Well, Well, thanks for listening this week. Please hit us up on Patreon and come visit us next weekend on the 20th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And you can always check out our website for all our future events. All right. Thanks. And let's listen to some Dead in Five. Get this party started, Joe. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. We are.